0: Hello, everybody. On this week's show, we are giving away a prize so big it could be called Giant. From Luke Battle Mats, we are giving away not just the big book, but also the giant book of cyberpunk battle mats. Over 120 pages of mats for you to play out your RPGs and skirmish games. What's more, we're not giving away one pair, we're giving away five pairs. To be in with a chance to win, you need to pop a comment below, be a subscriber to the channel, Share it around on social media if you can, and we'll see you in the comments. Now sit back and relax for we've a big week of gaming news. The weekend starts here. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back for another weekly look at the world of gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm joined this week by the delightful free and Justin. Hello. As myself and Ben have chased the uh, brothers Johnston off again. We have. Well done. We've, us. we've
1: scared them into the fields. <laughs> <Yeah>. They <laughs> haven't got their clothes on and I've got a pitchfork and I will hunt them down
2: at some point. Uh, hang on. <laughs> have you literally just secretly signed them up for Naked and Afraid? yes yes I. that know. would be a hilarious episode
3: would yeah. pay to watch that yeah
1: and i am hunting the greatest prey
2: johnson
0: johnson <laughs> johnson, <laughs> johnson, johnson.
2: oh wait yeah. no that's
3: the other
0: thing <laughs> so before we delve into our whole uh, slew of gaming goodness uh first off we have a big competition a mm-hmm. giant competition a big and a giant competition because we yeah. are giving away five pairs of Luke Battle Mat books, mm-hmm. and these have to be seen to be believed. So, what we have is uh, 120 pages plus of sci-fi or cyberpunk gridded goodness. We're giving away uh, the big book and the giant book of battle mats, yeah. and they are not the same, uh, <laughs> although they are very very similar. So if people haven't seen these before, look to a whole range of uh, Mm -hmm. of battle mats for RPGs and and skirmish games and they do them from very, very small to very, very giant Um, but they're all one inch grids which means you can actually put uh, books together and end up having sort of larger constructs because the, the big book is an A4 the giant book is an A3 so you can actually use the fact that there are all of these let's have a mm-hmm. wee look-see <laughs> all of these various types of mats from very plain to internals and uh, mm-hmm. bars and even dirt tracks yeah. if you can uh, about gas lands
2: If anyone is curious, I've actually unboxed this. We have? Well, yeah, technically yeah. unbooked yeah. it so there'll be a link down in the description below for that if you want to go and check it out
1: uh, mm-hmm. but yeah these are really cool i love these especially for diving into something like cyberpunk red at the moment everyone's been trying that out so does that guy apparently outside who <laughs> yeah. beats on
2: um, but um, <laughs>
1: uh but um i also think these would be pretty nice for some skirmish game stuff as well actually uh mm-hmm. especially the big a3 ones i think they'd be really nice for small sort of uh encounters maybe if you're playing something like um the
2: the new uh, combat zone game and stuff by monster monster mm-hmm. fight club and things yep. so. see if you do any like sci-fi or cyberpunk like uh, dungeon crawlers this would be mm-hmm. a great one. Oh yeah yeah, definitely. yeah
3: yeah i mean when you say giant how giant giant
2: a2 it w- will or no, A3, that,
0: sorry. that's A3 but it's A3 one, one side so wow. when you double it up and they are double page spreads it increases it and likewise the A4 means you can also double it up to Pretty essentially up. A3 size. You could do a
1: chase scene through the blasted wastes outside Night City or something Yeah, a, I
0: mean there's a, there's a lot going on in both of them and the, uh, the smaller books are variations mm-hmm. on the larger so mm-hmm. uh, if I grab that there we might be able to see some of these. Maybe not actually. But you never know your luck.
3: <laughs> Try your luck. Try it.
0: So for example we've a figure of eight on the big A three, but here we just have like a Nascar oval. Mm-hmm. Uh there's obviously a couple of blanks for you to fill in whatever you want, and they're all dry ru- wipe, erasable Yes, mm-hmm. overhead projector pens for old people like me. You
2: use your overhead, <laughs> I still use remember those from school. <laughs> I, they okay. had them when I was there. Yep.
0: So, so use your pens on this, and you can uh, brush them off when you're done with. But yeah, so you can combine them together to give yourself street layouts. Uh, there's a big freeway. If you want to do your freeway chase a la, um what was I going to say? That uh, Matrix film. Mhm. I distinctly <laughs> just, just remember <laughs> Matrix, Matrix Reloaded film. Matrix Reloaded sure mm-hmm.
1: that had one a highway in it or you could do like Final Fantasy 7 when you're running away oh. from Shinra HQ at the end and stuff like
0: that That'd all of really those cool. so yeah if you want a chance to win one of those five pairs of books then uh, mm-hmm. you've already been told stick a comment below and subscribe to the channel and share us about Mm-hmm. tell everybody tell your friends
3: Hello. <laughs> tell
1: Hello. your man as someone <laughs> on youtube says in, in
0: their videos
2: <laughs> and can you subscribe to them you might win me a prize <laughs> ah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. yeah.
0: yeah, just go ahead and create uh, create accounts for all your friends and family okay. <laughs> on the youtubes then, then, then you'll,
1: you'll never the have to link. actually see them in real life ever again because you can just use your digital family instead so there okay. you go.
0: better
2: Is that sad? I don't know. Everything is better. (laughs) I mean, like after a year of not really seeing family at all, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them. I, I, I have to confess
0: lockdown. Hasn't really made a huge difference to me, with exception <laughs> with exception Funny. of my barman sending me pictures of a pint from an empty <laughs> pub every couple of months just to remind me. That's the that's the biggest impact. I mean, family. I have no idea. They may have all oh, been wiped out by the
2: virus.
3: <laughs> I, don't,
4: I
2: don't know. I mean, generally for family, it's what is it? Birth, death, marriages. You'll see them.
3: Big, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so you could one. have your family, or you could have a giant battle map. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm it's a no-brainer there really isn't it it's the it's the sore choice <laughs> <laughs> so on that delightful note <laughs> moving away from gridded and moving to hex type mm-hmm. maps
4: we've yeah. up the ears yeah.
0: of many historical yeah. uh, gamer now <laughs> free's been delving into the world of indie board game designers oh, yeah. you and guys have you found us
3: You guys have really inspired me. Okay, you've inspired me. So we've been talking about the Battle of Clontarf the other week. And you got Mm. me thinking about how I could create a board game interpretation defining the role of Vikings in Irish affairs. So especially how how Sephora did so well translating get into a card game hmm. it made me think of like indie board game publishers that be able to do this an absolute justice which brings me to the special indie of the week yes okay i do understand it is a board game publisher i've got the choice <laughs> my choice this week. but i don't want to take you all too far out of the comfort zone so i won't be taking you all into the realms of fluffy sheep and fantastical universes not yet not yet anyway
4: that's coming but, next week <laughs>
3: it's getting there but Um, I'm keeping theme with the publisher uh, Revolution Games. So these guys are producer of historical board war games and they're based in the US with a continuous flow of successful historical board games that they've produced over the years. So they're covering historical, iconic war-ridden events, raiding from the Battle of Hastings, the Battle of Arras and even simulating naval battles as well, such as um, the battle from Guadalcanal in 1942. So they've got a lot going on and they've even just released a new one this month, actually. And it takes a look at the Deadly Woods, which is a Mm. campaign game for one to two players. So this is new title puts players into the action of the Battle of the Bulge in December. I think it's right about mid-December to mid-January in 1945 and uses a chip ball system, unlike most historical war games. <laughs> so I am finding the hybrid here for you guys. Um which is why I didn't want to take you too far away from the war games. I know you all do love mm. and show you some how this is incorporated into board games as well. So
0: I'm a big fan of these. There's a couple of people are, I yeah. follow on YouTube. I don't play any myself, but there's a couple of of friends who play, um, various games from a couple of big companies and and they are fascinating to watch because you're not playing squad or platoon level. You're, you're worried about whole armies and divisions and what happens to them. Well, depending on the the game in question, they they may be slightly smaller, but when you're having to move uh, hundreds upon thousands of men and machines around on a map, it becomes a much more, um, overarching affair and and Mm -hmm. you're not having to worry about small losses but big losses can all of a sudden uh, sort of steamroller you and I really like the idea of I don't quite like the idea of the Battle of the Bulge anyway because it yeah. always amuses me that five years after the Germans plowed through the Ardennes, who would have thought that they would once again plow through the Ardennes? <laughs> Apparently it came as a bit of a surprise to the Allies, <laughs> despite exactly how that, you know, they, yeah. they entered France that way to begin with. Why did they not think this was going to possibly be a problem for them in the yeah. long run?
2: Massive defensive wall. I'm. T- he didn't finish that. I'm going right in the end. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's why
0: the low countries exist. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yes. it's mostly hex counter games then
3: yeah so it is mostly hex counter games and what i find really interesting about it is they honestly this is this blew my mind they offer their games in ziploc editions guys ziploc so oh. what does that mean it's exactly what it says in the tin so for a fraction of the price you can play the game from a baggie <laughs> a ziploc <laughs> a baggie so you're still going to get hold of the the map sheets the counters the rules yeah, yeah, yeah. however You don't get the game in a fancy little box to store on your shelf. And you've got to provide your own dice. But I think it's a really nice option to have. And as you're all predominantly war gamers, I do not feel like I need to warn you before you get into a mammoth of campaign because you're already prepared for that. Mm. Most war gamers, (laughs) I do need to say, by the way, this is going to take some time. But a great insight to these board games is before you commit to the all-out war, literally, uh, some of the games provided on the website offers you examples of how you can play too. So the new game, for example, you can have a look at how to play it um and before you you commit to buying the box or in this case mm. commit to buying the bag if you really having want having
0: the, bag. the baggie option is very good because they don't take up a huge amount of space these board games they're no. sort of slightly bigger than a4 and then generally sort of five six centimeters depth but mm-hmm. once you've got a few of them on a shelf that's taking up quite a lot of room whereas yep. if you pick <laughs> yourself up a um oh those uh, boxes you can get from comic book stores yeah yeah uh, you mm-hmm. could Drop several baggies in in a row and and uh, save yourself a bit of space and effort. Across the Narver is interesting. I really yeah. love that, that particular period because the um, mm. Danish divisions fought there.
3: And, imagine, and imagine going to your to getting out. Imagine going to your next game night and being somebody being like, oh, I was at your lunch?" You like, no, it's warm, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> or any bag. <laughs> the thing
1: that I quite like about these games is that. For the, for the vast majority of them, especially see the ones I like, tend to end up seeing on like Kickstarter and stuff from, I think it's <laughs> Compass do similar games to these yeah. and things. Uh, they tend to be like one or two player affairs, but I've seen a lot of people making these slightly more multiplayer endeavors yeah. where you have three or four people around a table and then you have that team element of like generals arguing between each other and that kind of thing as well. So you've got a little bit of co-op or team-based play in there too, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, especially because, and then because they're all sort of focused down towards the campaigns, or very distinct battles
4: mm-hmm. from a
1: period, you know, they may be slightly long, but I love the idea that you can play that out as a pair or 1v1 yeah. and get to the end of it and be like, do you want to swap sides <laughs>
0: and, and try it again kind of thing? I like that. So. Yeah.
3: He's brilliant.
0: And depending on the game you're playing, some can last days slash weeks oh, because yeah. there, there can be whole campaigns within these board games yeah. um, rather than just single scenarios. I mean, that is just the second day at Gettysburg. So in the grand scheme of things that's going to be relatively quick in comparison mm-hmm. to something like the bulge <laughs> yeah where the, you have yeah. multiple days to cover
3: the thing is with um the deadly woods as it can take i think each what is it each i might have to say each go i'm gonna i'm gonna quote mm-hmm. lloyd yeah, on go, that one go, go, go each go um you it lasts about an hour mm-hmm. so The main campaign itself takes about 13 hours. So up to December the 31st, each kind of phase takes two days. And then the turns in January equates to three days. So the full campaign can last about 13 hours, whilst Mm. the scenario for just the German offensive can take about six turns or goes, just to quote Lloyd. Cool. Um, Mm. So it can last about six to 12 hours, six to 13 hours, or if you really do want to make a meal out of it, it can last Mm. a fair bit longer as well.
0: That's a nice touch that you can pick up additional counters. Yeah, which is nice. A, if you happen to accidentally damage some of yours, but B,
1: (laughs) make bigger armies.
0: Once you've got, (laughs) once you've got a board for specific, I mean, like the Ardennes. Once you have that, if you don't want to play the Bulge, but maybe want to do early war, or you want to change Mm -hmm. what forces are available tactically, or if you've got another map set, then you can go out and, and put the order of battle together that you require mm. from whatever it yeah. happens to be You
2: could also do a little bit of homebrew to it because if you took the and got extra units you could actually have requisition at the beginning of your turn to see what you were going to deploy yeah and That's really great change up what you know what's fighting and where versus mm. the the preset of what history had
3: I think that's a great idea. I think what's really great as well is all of the rules to each game is available to download for PDF. So you can even Ooh. take a look at the Aratas and they're always updated as well. Your player aids are updated and some of the rules are available in different languages too. So you can yeah. dip into it. But I just personally see this game is pretty much a miniatures game without the miniatures this Hmm, is how I see this and I just wanted to gain your perspective as well and what you think of it and Mm. is this an answer to a war game without the tedious engagement of painting a whole army I'm not (laughs) triggering anyone here I'm not looking at anyone in particular but this might be the case
2: I I have played games like this before and they are fun. Yeah. It's a very, very different feel to what we would normally see on the tabletop with a miniatures Mm. game. It's more of an overarching tactical simulation you're looking at with this Mm. versus just putting your toys down and go bashy bashy.
1: Well, it's one of the, one of the things that we talked about in an article many moons ago. Now was the the kind of four levels of war gaming, mm-hmm. and you can have that kind of man to man fighting that you have on the tabletop, mm-hmm. or you can sort of uh, extrapolate that out to a much higher level, and that's where, as as you guys have been saying anyway, as we've been looking through these. There's that point where it becomes unfeasible to play something with miniatures. I mean, hmm. technically you yeah. can do anything with miniatures, but you know, if you want to spend weeks and weeks playing out an entire the entire of Waterloo man for man, then you can do something. But um, if you instead wanted to dive in and try and play that out in that smaller time frame, but with chits and that kind of thing as well, it kind of moves things away so that you can play that larger scale battle and also tinker around the other elements of battle that you don't necessarily get to see in 28 mil 32 mil games which is that kind of requisition yeah. that justin was talking about and that kind of stuff so. they're, mm.
0: they're much more involved um, yeah. because you have to think yeah. about it in a, in a very different way you're looking at strategic overview rather than mm-hmm. uh the yep. the, the small scale tactical um yeah. an interesting thing that i noticed whenever we were on the errata page apart from having most of the rules lurking in there there's also quite a lot of vassal modules Mm. um which means if you are interested in trying some of these out and you've never played a game like this before vassal is um is a a free program online program it's an open source type of thing so you could just download the pdf download the vassal module and and give these a try and see Mm -hmm. if you like them um like i say there there's some great people uh wayne and curtis both on youtube do a lot of a lot of these mm-hmm. hex based games i'm sure there are others those are two i know um but they're worth having a, a look at to see whether or not that sort of game is for you because it, it does change how you think about actual warfare and, and gaming and yeah. the closest we get with sort of small scale two mil to six mil sort of stuff is still much tight tighter focus than than Mm -hmm. games like these where you are having to deal with whole armies and and what they can do
2: also if it's on a particular historical period that you and your friend know really well and you're wanting to play it out Mm -hmm. playing out different tactics from what was played in history can sometimes you know all of a sudden the germans have dropped paratroopers behind the allied lines in the Mm -hmm. battle of the bulge and all of a sudden what was going to reinforce uh the 101st is going back to take care of someone in the back lines. Yeah. yeah. To be so fair, like,
0: you don't even need to move that way from history mm-hmm. if you don't want to. Just <clears> trying to just trying to win the Battle mm-hmm. of the Bulge with the Germans is trying <laughs> up not even, even changing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like they've, like they've got quite a, a, The vast majority of these look to be sort of World War II based. World mm-hmm. War II uh, and uh, yeah. um, American, so there's certainly yeah. American civil wars there. Yeah. And I think I've seen a... a American War of Independence as well. Yeah, but you like, mentioned there was, was like a way.
1: 1066 one as well. Was there like a Hastings That's one? The, for there Hastings. is a Hastings, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you
3: like the Battle of Hastings, then
1: I do. It's Anglo Saxons and Normans.
4: Ooh. Oh. <laughs>
3: Of course, there's a bit of everything, which is nice. As you Hmm. said, it is predominantly World War II, but they have got the bit here and there. And it's just, as you said, it's interesting. Quite a lot of people I know do like to play out as history foretold, but it is nice to try out the different scenarios. And what I do like about these is it is, like you said, because it is on a grander scheme, it's Hmm. a different perspective as well and how it's absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah. I mean, even things like that, the arrow supply, that's a famous one where the Normans ran out of arrows after having just fut- futilely fired them up the hill uphill at the, <laughs> yeah. the shield wall and had no effect yeah. and eventually they just run out and that was that was the archers gone yeah. um you know so when you you're faced with things like supply lines and actual what you have to uh, to deal with on the tabletop it becomes much more interesting not everybody gets a shot all the time but yeah mm. Terrific, terrific set of games. and a Indeed, yeah. I really want to cross the Narva now as well. <laughs> Jerry gets to do his shopping this week.
3: I That's... never hmm. thought that I was going to pick an indie and Jerry would be interested. I mean, oh. I never thought that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm Just a man a of
0: many parts.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never know what's going to pick my fancy at any given time. <laughs> I certainly don't, which is why my bank account <laughs> cries. <laughs> I yours, like. But yeah, uh, terrific indie and really mm. nice to see something that we haven't really explored before and we probably should do more of. Yes. Uh, mm. But we're going to move on. It's time for the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe, covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love.
4: It's the but- f-
0: news.
1: <laughs> oh yes, diving into the news for this week. Uh, and I will preface this by saying that at the time of filming, yes, I am totally aware that there is more Warhammer news to come. But no, we will not be covering it because of when we're filming this. <laughs> not, on a Saturday, not on a Friday night, so there you go. Uh,
2: Explain but, it the way they'll understand. Wibbly-wobbly yeah. Timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly things.
1: timey wibbly-wobbly. We'll come back to it next week. I'm sure mm-hmm. it can't be that good. In which, well, although if it is good, <laughs> maybe I'll do something about it. But anyway, we start with uh, some awesome stuff from the Age of Sigma. now that I've got my brain in order. Uh, and we are looking at possibly the biggest model that I think they've ever created <gasps> for the Mortal Worlds.
2: How big is big?
1: So this is Kragnos. He is the god of earthquakes from the time of myth and legend within the mortal realms. And now he has been freed from his mountain tomb and he is looking to get revenge on all those that put him there, namely Lord Croak and the Seraphon and a bunch of others as well. Uh, He is pretty massive. Uh, I mean, when you look at the actual little icon down in the bottom left, you'll see that's about the size of a normal sword or a skull. And then when you see the image later on, you'll you'll get an idea of exactly how big he is. It should be further on down, but you can watch the video as well and take mm-hmm. a look at it too. But this guy is going to be leading the forces of destruction on the tabletop. He can be at the forefront of any destruction army that you want. You could have him leading orcs, You could have him leading Ogres. You could have him leading the massive Sons of Behemoth as well, if you wanted. So you could have a giant army led by another giant, which is pretty cool. Um, And this guy is out to slay, as the kids say. Uh, So this fellow is going to be riding into battle. He does tons of mortal wounds. He has the ability to save pretty much any damage that comes his way. So the only thing that I can really see uh, when it comes to dealing with him is shooting him with magic and cannons and stuff, like in the old days dwarves have got this guys don't worry <laughs> um, but clearly, clearly look to the ogres right exactly yeah get the the ogres and their big uh, their big scrap launch and stuff here's a good example of how big he is in terms of scales so if you click on that jerry you'll wow. see how big he is compared to normal ogres the massive huge mournfang beasts and the uh, the gargants in the background as well this guy is mahusive it's quite the beast he really is um i really quite like this model um, mm. I, I know that it is massive, and that will put a lot of people off. But I really like the style of it. I like that it's right. kind of going back to that classic beastman centaur look to it. All the centaurs, even though it's got nothing to do with chaos. Uh, and I really like all the Celtic imagery that's sort of been woven into the armor and the shields and the weapons and that kind of thing. It feels like something that's sort of come out of that kind of myth and folklore mm. and found its way into uh, Age of A very, very cool-looking miniature, in my opinion. Um, he has two faces,
0: so uh, yeah. yeah it's I was going to cool. say he he does have a slight, um, oh I don't know, narcissistic complex because he <laughs> appears to have himself on his shield. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, and, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, apparently his weapons are as mythical as he he is. Um, So uh, I think the hammer is like the heart of a a huge beast or a mountain or something in the realms and the shield itself was something that was kind of foretelling his coming as well. So I'm sure we're going to get a lot more information about him in the Broken Realms book that's also coming Mm -hmm. out which will also include all of the new rules for Lord Croke, who we saw a couple of weeks ago, those new witch hunters for the free cities uh, and also the, um, I cannot remember what they're called, it's like a revenant for um, uh, For the Sylvaneth. So if you want to throw one of those in as well, you'll be able to pick it up and all the rules from this book which is coming out soon. So
0: yeah, very nice. He's a uh, leader for destruction?
1: Yes. So leader for destruction can lead any of the forces from that. So very cool indeed. Fascinating stuff. But no sign of orcs. No sign Sign of orcs. orcs yet. Yes, I'm sure they'll have come up by the time you're watching this. But no, <laughs> not, I know, but no sign of orcs yet. Uh, keeping with the mortal realms though, for now, we also have some more stuff for the soul blight grave lords. Um, namely, some very interesting looking vampires, uh, and some uh beastly ones as well, uh, as well as some wolves too. So, the first of these are the Soulblight soul blight vampire lords that you can now bring to battle. They we, we've been talking about. Centaurs when it comes to Kragnos, these are kind of like
2: what did you say battors? Yeah, I, I would call them bat tars. You called them fam tars Yeah. We're so making I, up I, words, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think we had to leave it up to the community how to just like do the slang term. Yeah. Yeah. Bat-tar? Yeah.
3: I mean, it just looks like someone's on the shoulders of something, doesn't it? It does. Uh, so, someone's yeah. cut the
2: head off the bat, cut themselves off at the waist went. Treasures. Yeah. Um, so leading the way for these, we have
1: Lalka Vai, who is the um, female vampire that you can see there. Um, and they've kind of gone for that sort of aristocracy of the night feel, obviously, as you can see from the top half of the model. Or at least the top third of the model. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the rest of it, they've gone for that kind of like um, dragon style thing. So sort of the vampires feeding more into their um, sort of bestial side as well Mm -hmm. with these. Um,
2: Again, I'm sure these are going to be quite Marmite. I quite like how just wacky they are. Uh, (laughs) I mean, like I'm kind of glad Lloyd's not here because he would just be going, why is there batwing armor everywhere? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. But at this stage, putting a
0: undead into non-batty armour would be the weirdest thing GW could do. Very true. Yeah,
4: Yeah,
2: but I kind of want to see it.
3: I do like how they're using more. I'm seeing more miniatures coming from Games Workshop with the absent spaces like in the wings. Mm -hmm. There's more coming out with that and I actually do like that because it adds a bit of texture to the miniatures. It's not just like
2: Hmm. Very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah and but even the negative space the, in like the pillar that it's standing on is quite cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people will also mention the whole sort of scenic element to these as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're going to try and make a big, huge, towering lord of your army, put them on a big bit of rock, it's foot on rock syndrome gone mad. But, uh, uh, you know, I think it's fairly effective, uh, especially if you're going to be someone who loves the sort of zany elements of uh, the Mortal Realms. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as Larka Vi, we've also got the Vengorian Lord. So the kit that makes Vi will also make this sort of standard Vengorian Lord vampire feature, including in your games. Don't worry if you're looking at these and you are like, "Where's all the vampire with feet? Vampires with feet? They do exist because uh, we saw some saw one a couple of months ago now. Um, so you won't have to use these big Drake-based vampires in mm-hmm. your games. Um, But yeah, definitely going for that kind of classic vampiric look with the hand up and the sword Mm. raised and the prangs out and stuff, which is really nice. Um, Very teenage dangsty.
0: Exactly. Why (laughs) Why am I vampire? Um, Mom! practice for
2: Shakespeare.
3: I'm just trying to fathom how they would walk, because they've got legs and they've got... It looks like they would go on all fours, but then they've got arms. I'm just trying to fathom that.
1: I think they kind of like... This is the like kind of body horror element of these that I quite like. That you imagine that the and it kind of a little bit uncanny as well at the same time. Yeah. You imagine like the the Drake element of it sort of stalks forward and then the
0: top bit sways maybe a little yeah. bit with it. It's ever, very weird. Have you ever right? seen the internet picture of baby centaurs? No, with the little yes. floppy human yeah. part. Yeah,
2: <laughs> keep head up. <laughs> yeah, it's just the I'm entire of body's flapping. Yeah, oh man, seen
0: that? Oh, it, man. it works in the principle. That horses foals can walk and run within <laughs> like hours yeah, of being yeah. born whereas humans can't hold their heads up for the first 18 months yeah. and then they've got a great cartoon <laughs> of the little floppy human parts that's amazing that's amazing yeah. so uh, maybe it'll be something yeah. like that it might be. be yeah it'd yeah. be yeah. <laughs> like drunken master uh fighting style whenever yeah. you go uh, uh, one of these uh, vampires <laughs> with the top half just wobbling all around you don't know where <laughs> it's going to come at you from mm um
1: yeah very much so uh moving away from the kind of bat motif into the wolf motif oh. uh, we have Radukar the beast that name will probably be familiar mm-hmm. um so turns out Radukar, spoilers uh, didn't die at the end of Curse City I'm, I'm, if you've been able to play it I guess um, yeah. don't, but, don't worry it's not a spoiler yeah. nobody has it
3: <laughs> exactly he's uh, painted through it yet? <laughs> yeah uh,
1: but uh, radokar has fully embraced his more sort of uh, wolfy bestial side and he's out ranging the battlefields, looking to tear people apart limb from limb um, very cool looking miniature I really like this kind of this werewolfy angle for mm-hmm. the uh, the Soulblight Vampires. I think it's really awesome. And you do have that in a lot of the folklore that vampires can turn into, not just bats, but wolves and all sorts of mm-hmm. other creatures as well. So that's a really nice addition there. Sticking with the wolf theme, we also have Bella Dama Volga. Uh, so she might look like an old lady, but she can cut you down to size very easily with that sword. She's still a vampire after all. Uh, and this again plays into that idea that the um, Soulblight Vampires are able to call on all of the creatures of their realms in Shayish, and use them to hunt down their enemies. Uh, so you've got the two wolves there that are looking very awesome, carrying on that sort of uh, aesthetic from Radakar the Beast. I could see these two together, almost one of them as the kind of general sitting at the back and the other one being sort of unleashed as this kind of battering ram on the enemy. Um,
0: this is what happens if you don't kill off the Lady of High Flower, or whatever she was called, from Game of Thrones. Oh yes, yes. Uh, best, best polisher of yeah, poison yeah. early on. Otherwise, yeah. she'll be coming for you. <laughs> Riding into battle on a Stark. It's the it's the the, the follow up we never knew
1: we needed. Mm. Um,
3: lady Elena uh, on another level. Yeah. Mm. Oh
1: man, she was cool. <laughs> um, uh, we've also got uh, some new direwolves. Um, so this will be well. This is a very welcome. Uh, update on the old plastic ones that were very fleshy um i like that these ones have gone for a little bit more of a kind of half and half look with these um slightly more reminiscent of the very classic wolf Mm. from warhammer fantasy battles (laughs) that served um well as part of many many armies uh orcs and goblins and uh uh, vampire undead vampire ones as well so Mm. yeah Nice it's stuff. it's
0: nice to see because the last plastics they had for the dire wolves were it wasn't just that they were fleshy they were very round it was difficult yeah. to see what was going on with anything on those models
1: yeah Whereas these have got that nice sort of fur texture going on. Yeah. And as you can see here, there's quite a lot of them that are kind of a little bit more zombified, but they have added a few more in that are more fur as well. There. So you can tinker around and play with those. Um, finishing things off for this though, we also got this nice big picture, well, relatively big picture, uh, which shows off some of the cool new stuff. So you can see obviously the vampire there on foot at the, big, yeah. uh, the, the front. Don't worry, they're not all dragons. <laughs> the bat does look huge. Yes, yeah, it is massive. Uh, But at the back, on the sort of back left, you can see some big new bats that I think are going to be, giant Bats anyway, they're Mm. going to be coming into uh, the uh, Soulbite uh, Gravelord's army to uh, conquer the battlefield and destroy those war machines that are so pesky on the back lines, as they used to do in the past.
0: (laughs) I wonder... Are they new zombies?
1: Yes. um, So... uh, we've got two new sets of skeletons and zombies mm. that are coming out, themed after the ones we saw from Cursed City. So you've got Deadwalker zombies, which is exactly what they are, isn't it? Deadwalker yep. zombies uh, and Death Rattle skeletons. Again, very much the name implies what they are, but there you go. Um, but um, the, that's you'll see. That- a, yeah,
0: that's a kit that is long, long overdue. Yes, it has. Uh, mm. Because, I mean, the, the, the zombies they've had for years have, have mm-hmm. oh, God. It, it must be ninety eight or ninety nine. That zombie yeah. came on the market.
3: Wow, really? Uh, the zombies yeah.
1: were the were one of. It was my second white dwarf I ever bought, and it was the launch of the new new vampire mm. counts, and it had those plastics and stuff in it. And I was like, wow, they they have been in service for a long time. I
2: mean, like I don't <laughs> expect zombies, any kind of zombies, to age well. Well, that's very true. Yes, ah. <laughs> they, tend to, they tend to decay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that new Shocking. cavalry? Have we seen that before?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so that's, that's the new too. blood knights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we've got blood knights, dead rocker really zombies, nice. death rattle skeletons, the new direwolves, all the vampires, and everything else in between. Um, so yeah,
3: they're very gothic, aren't they? Mm. Mm. They are very and, nice and gothic,
1: and that's one of the things I think a lot of people have quite liked about these, and is that they, well, for the most part, going back to that sort of more classic look for the vampire counts mm-hmm. uh, that we hadn't seen really done with death before uh, uh and there's even a little bit of that kind of kislevite of vibe going on there as well with a lot of them um, mm-hmm. sort of out yes, as well so,
0: certainly yeah. with the vampires anyway even if the uh the dungers who are being pulled forward aren't quite as kislevite <laughs> but, but i mean we've seen with the um the skeletons the mm-hmm. the armor that they were in was was that sort of uh russian-esque mm-hmm. sort of eastern slavic look to it so yeah, there, yeah. there's certainly a, a very strong kislev sort of feel coming through on it which is very cool mm-hmm.
1: uh we have a little bit more games workshop because it's been a week of games workshop um so we had a uh, well a first reveal anyway of some warhammer forty thousand adeptus sororitas stuff they basically announced that the codex is coming the new one which also heralds the end, of the, the end of this edition, if you believe the internet. Um, mm. But uh, there's a couple of new characters um, for you to pick up. So you've got Morvan Vale, who was the High Abbess of the Sisters of Battle, the Adeptus Sororitas. She was then given her position as the, one of the High Lords of Terror, which is pretty awesome, mm. by Rubute Gilliman, or Robo-Girlyman, as people call him. <laughs> um, and she now has this amazing new set of Paragon Warsuit armor, which I'm sure Justin loves very much.
2: No, it's <laughs> uh, like low-rent apple seed in the anime.
0: <laughs> 40k tags, as, as Jerry was uh, mm. alluding to earlier. Okay. Um, I, I yeah. do feel bad for her because like the Space Marine, the, the Primaris in that flying tank that has the two massive guns either yes. side of their head, that's yeah, just has, two rocket pods. She like so a to her here yeah, day yeah. one. <laughs> Uh, no, but I'm yeah, so
1: Morvenval is uh, stepping out onto the battlefield as one of the High Lords of Terror that actually fights, although apparently the, one of the leader of the Adeptus Custodius might also be a High Lord of Terror, although I'm not entirely sure. And neither were Games Workshop during their live stream, so who knows? <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of understand why, because everybody's going to rock into Terror going, you're all fools. You're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. You, you, you're there first. Exactly. We'll get more. It yeah. just goes
0: to prove what I've said whenever he reappeared that yeah. his goal is to kill the emperor and take his place he is chaos and he's just going to gently remove and replace people on terror with people who are you know loyal to him yeah what a scumbag <laughs> what a scumb- <laughs> deal with the ultramarines now people yeah. come on <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, but we also got a couple more sort of uh, releases uh, that were uh, previewed as well so you've got the Paragon Warsuits which you've seen before mm-hmm. we also had a couple of new characters um, so there's Paragon Warsuits as Jerry's showing now mm-hmm. but we had Astrid Thurger and Agathe Dolan um, so, Astrid Thurger carries that rather impressive standard into battle, and Agatha Dolan follows in her wake, recording all of the incidents of battle. And she also has that standard in her hands that she can plant into the ground and it will give bonuses to all of the sisters of battle around her. She just and looks so crazy. unamused.
3: Oh, well, yeah, I right know. Yeah. She,
1: she has had enough of your. <laughs> uh, she, she's the old lady that you make a joke at the bus stop who looks at you and tuts that's
4: the...
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty uh, much yeah. that's what I'm getting off that
1: yeah but we also got to see the new codex want to lose the old word for it as well which is going to contain all of the new um, information on all of the units that are coming out the adapter sororitas But it will also include very bespoke crusade rules for using them. So Mm -hmm. crusades are really awesome narrative way of playing 40k, uh, which I am tempted to dive into with my friend. Uh, But this um, uh, comes with very uh, unique rules for them that will kind of follow your uh, Adeptus Sororitas from kind of like uh, a lowly unit within the Ecclesiarchy all the way up to living saints, which is pretty awesome to hear as well. Sweet. And we also got, and this is fairly boring, uh, we've got a new Warzone book, uh, which everyone in the Twitch chat was like, this is it. <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> which will continue uh, Warzone Caradon, which looks at the campaigns of Typhus as he looks to take over the world of Metallica. But it also, and this was Poor kind dead of dead sister. Exactly.
3: I mean, I was kind of looking at it and thought it was Iron Man for a second. I was like, hold
1: on. Yeah. <laughs> We also uh, got some news that Bellacor is going to be part of this book called The Book of Fire. So Bellacor is looking to be like, hey, Typhus, you think you are amazing? Bing! Flicked off into the distance. I rule everything now. Uh, And there's going to be rules that will allow you to make a proper badass combined force of demons and chaos space marines as one of one big force underneath Bellacor with some special special rules as well. So, yeah, very awesome.
0: There you go. Yeah. That's who's going to stand up to him. Yeah, Morven Vale is going to yeah. kick ass. Mm-hmm. They, I like her anyway. Them, so, yeah.
3: There wasn't much <laughs> surprise then. More sisters of battle. It wasn't yeah, much
1: uh, it was very much a live stream on the Tuesday where everyone was like, "Come on, be snagger boys." They're probably out by this point, but anyway, be snagger boys. And then it was like, "Oh, okay, all the sisters."
2: I didn't want sisters. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted snaggers. <laughs> uh, Don't know what you want. Yeah. Yeah, it's Random kind of like d- getting an ugly pair of socks at Christmas exactly exactly except these ones are power armoured socks <laughs> power armoured uh,
1: but um, we got a little bit of uh, extra 40k news uh, alongside some black library releases as well mm-hmm. Um so for fans of the uh, sort of classic imperial guard Astra squads squad known as gaunt's ghosts they are coming back with a plastic kit and oh my days These guys look badass. Oh, hell, the theft, yes. They're
3: pretty cool, aren't they?
1: They are. Now, considering the life expectancy of many Imperial Guard soldiers is very low, (laughs) the fact that Gaunt's ghosts are still going is pretty awesome. I mean, they do live on the the world of Tanith, which is... uh, No, they don't. Do they not live on Tanith? They lived on Tanith?
2: They come from Tanith. Tanith went away. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Whenever they were founded, Tanith, you know, the chaos, they invaded, and it was just like, Desire tonight, you can't have this no more, and gone. Oh, well, there we go. I didn't realize that. The
0: reason yeah. they live so long is that they've got a commissar who is not up
2: to snuff. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, who's actually got a, a fun- fully functional brain.
3: No,
0: wow. no he yes. doesn't. No. <laughs> If he had a fully functional <laughs> brain, those Gaunt's ghost would have been pushed into whatever fight needed to be pushed into to win. He seems to be spending all his time molly cuddling them.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that and, he's you not know, proper An inquisitor making, making should babies come and pay with a the local aristocracy.
0: Or, or a high commissar should just come and put around the back of his head because he was not doing <laughs> the Imperium
2: any favors. Yeah, so in
0: these chaos releases, you know
2: why? Because them. Yeah. Because these look, guys this, exist. This is showing like the early version of Gaunt. Mm-hmm. Or it's bolt, pistol and chainsword and he's still a, a colonel commissar because in the books he eventually ups being a commissar general. Well, there you go. Maybe. Does he get
0: any better at doing his job?
2: <laughs> I mean, he gets other units that he gets to throw into the fire and keep the, the ghost by his side as like a personal retinue.
0: Yeah, I don't trust him yeah. any more than I trust Roeboat. There's something going on when they're keeping people alive <laughs> instead of just feeding grist into the mill like they should be.
2: I, I mean, they did spend two years on a chaos-infected world.
1: I think he read a nice book and it told him that Nurture was the way forward. And so he's decided to think less about uh, executing people and instead yeah. giving them nice hugs and soup. Ah, Colin so. Corbeck,
2: absolute badass.
1: But yeah, so uh, they, had a, they had a look at each of the individual characters in this, uh, as you can see here. Really nice new plastic kits. A lot of people were worried these are going to be um, Forge World resins, but um, thankfully they're going to be a nice plastic mm. kit. That's great. They will have rules for using them in Warhammer 40,000, as you might imagine. Fantastic. I would really like to see them with some additional rules, um, maybe as bespoke rules for using yeah. them in Kill Team as well. I think that'd be really awesome. To
2: see. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really hoping this isn't all of it, because there are some characters that are missing, like Tona Well, you never know. They may do more additional stuff through Forge World to add on to this, you see. So, I, I I would hope so, because yeah. I actually have the old set. One of our community members sent us to it and there's characters in there that I'm just not seeing in this set. Well, we can have a look at your your mm-hmm. old set and compare yeah. them against the new
0: ones. In That's my pile
4: good.
0: of shame! Will you be able to spot who's who, though? On, yeah,
2: I'll, I'll be able to tell you pretty much who's who. Well, we'll it brings out all there. the Black Library knowledge of the past.
4: There we go.
3: There we go.
0: I will, in that case, pull these up like this, then. Yeah I will I will point out while uh, Jerry is um footering uh,
1: footering around in the background that in addition to all of the plastic kit stuff for Quartz Ghosts. They're also going to be doing a whole bunch of new books. So there's one uh, focused around the Sabbat worlds and the anthology for that. And then there's loads and loads and loads of new books coming out to look at, not just the uh, that kind of area of things, mm-hmm. uh, but also some Xenos stuff. So there's, some nice, there's a nice new book coming up about the Necrons. And there's also a whole bunch of new Warhammer crime novels as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely go and check those out. But yes, let's have a look at some some
2: comparisons. New Gaunt?
3: I mean, did you ever oh, paint them?
2: No, no, no. They, they were gifted to me. I put them in a box and then I forgot that I had them. For <laughs> I found them when I was cleaning my house. I was just like, I feel bad. <laughs> but you can see, so this is the later version of Gaunt where he's got the, the power sword of Hieronymus Sondar. All right. Uh, these are just two regular dudes, I believe. Just two infantrymen. Regular dudes.
3: Regular dudes. Regular
2: yep. dudes, regular dudes. <laughs> <laughs> in that case,
0: do we have any more named people then?
2: Yes, so is there's there. Colm Corbeck, the old version in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, the, the update's pretty nice. Uh, on the right is the one uh, that's sort of the doctor.
4: Uh, uh, <laughs> the the doctor. on the tip
2: of my tongue. The doctor. Yeah. They don't
0: uh, have a the doctor in here,
2: unfortunately. No, they do have Flynn Larkin. There's our little sniper dude in that one. Oh! So he's on the left? Yep. Yeah, I like uh, the new one there. I,
3: I like the new one.
2: I like his old rifle though. The oh, long pattern know. lass. Yeah. With the Each side are, loading.
3: I like the old rifle but I like the new position that he's in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And then there should be another one with a couple of named ones in there. There's, there's a bagpiper. Yep, that's that Bryn Milo. Uh, Gaunt's adjutant, he's only sixteen years old, the Pro lad <laughs> And it's last child last civilian to be saved on Tanneth when it went boom. Oh, okay, there you go. And then Tona the yeah. Crid, the only female guardsman I have ever seen.
1: Right. There's one in the space marine video game, although she's not a miniature, so yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I think I
0: have four or five Imperial Guardsmen who are female. Oh, okay. And, and I haven't even been paying that much attention. <laughs> but your uh, your female guardswoman and uh, Bryn
4: was it? We're not right there.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, neither of them exist. Got, unfortunately, you've got Bragg uh, in this one. He's carrying an autocannon. In the old one, I believe he's carrying a plasma. Oh, okay so he thinks better of his health and safety now this time (laughs) don't roll a
1: one don't roll a one
2: (laughs) he's the worst shot in the regiment but he's a big dude so they just give him a big gun and say try again (laughs) brag. there you go I love that should
0: have given him a heavy boulder then at least it's got one more dice than the (laughs) auto cannon
2: I mean like the the story is that he actually ripped it off a pintle mount and just walks around with it (laughs) very cool way of doing it certainly i'll
3: do it Uh, uh, yeah yeah
2: two of them that he's just jury rigged together that you (laughs) about with. that's awesome that's very
1: cool uh but yeah so uh loads of stuff coming up for games workshop even more over the weekend in the next couple of days as well uh from when you're when you're seeing this anyway um so yeah we'll make sure to come back to it next week i'm sure but um Mm. yeah very cool stuff and don't forget if you like any of this stuff for Age of Sigmar uh, or One Forty Thousand, or Kill Team or even Black Library, we actually have it all over on store.ontabletop.com. Mm-hmm. Buy merch. Buy merch. Uh, where you can go and pick up everything. Uh, we've been uh, uh, hot on the heels of every of the, every one of the new releases. Um, so if you want something, we have a lovely team that will try and get it for you. Yeah,
2: not going to lie, the ghosts are coming home with me. Every box individually licked by Justin.
1: <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. You
0: say yeah. that. It won't have incubated in the mail, don't worry. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, so what's up cool. next then, moving away from the world of Games Workshop?
3: Well, um, one of the reasons that I love card games so much is because I can pick up a game and I don't have to burn my brain to become completely immersed in it. And they're quick, they're really fun, they generally don't take that long to pick up unless you play a living card game, then that's just a whole new kind of words. But Fantasy Realms has honestly been one of my favourite games for quite a while now to pick up quite fast. So as a girl whose heart solely belongs in a woodland fantasy world, it's a card game <laughs> that's rich in story and card drafting in a competitive nature. So my Myself, I normally play this game with about three to four of us involved, but the game can can take up to six players. So the concept of fantasy Worlds is pretty simple. You draw a card, you discard a card, Um, all with the hope of achieving the most victory points at the end of the game. So you choose the route that you want to take. So whether you want to utilise military, harness the power of magic, there's combos upon combos which can be created to take down your opponent whilst actually creating a story immersed in fantasy. So when I heard that the Cursed Hold expansion is coming to Fantasy Realms, I was delighted as there's some new cards and concept coming, and even better. It doesn't make the game more complex. It just adds a few more layers to the base game. So Cursed items are now featured in your drawing pile. So although they may sound tempting, providing we've used some dirty little perks to take down the enemy, such as skipping <laughs> your go, peeking the opponent's card, and uh, playing them, It does have a price um, and it provides you with negative points to tally up Mm. at the end of the game. So as it works on points, if you're going to use one of these, you are going to pay for it. So you might be high on points, dealing some pretty awesome cards in the process. Personally, I think I'm too much of a safe player to be dealing with curses, but... (laughs) I will definitely be picking this one up, but along with the lovely cursed items, there are some new cards which will allow you to expand your realm with new buildings, attract new characters and strangers to your benefit. And if that's not enough for you, there is even a chance to hold the power of raising the undead now. So because zombies in a fantasy world is always going to be good.
0: It's mm. very mm. good for fetching and carrying. Yeah. They don't <laughs> complain.
3: Not good for swimming, but yeah. Uh, I'm gonna keep my eyes open to see where when this is out in the UK because at the moment it's just been released in North America. Ooh. So I'm going to be checking Google and mm. a bit of eBay to see if this one so I can try out the Cursed Holt. Hammering
2: really good. the hell out yeah. of your F five button. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <Top> <laughs> I
1: really I really like the sound of it. I like that kind of the basic mechanic of just draw a card, play a card. Yeah, it's really, uh, really nicely. And then I like the fact that it's kind of distilling down a little bit of that 4X quality to playing games as well, which is really nice. Um, so yeah, this is usually nice. one
3: yeah. I take on a plane with me because right, it, is, yeah, quick. Yeah. it yeah. is a quick one. So as I said, it's nice to have an expansion that doesn't actually confuse the game as well. It just adds mm-hmm. a little bit more extra to it. So yeah, fantastic.
0: Awesome Sweet. stuff. Yeah. Also one that completely passed me by. I hadn't realized that uh, the the original, the Fantasy Realms game existed, so...
1: Yeah, I didn't even know this would come
0: out from Whiskey either. Yeah. That's crazy. It's
3: <laughs> been out a long time now. Yeah. Quite a long time. They yeah.
0: hide their light under a bushel. That's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> and Tree has revealed it.
3: <laughs> no, there you go. Enjoy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, sticking with the realms of
1: fantasy uh, we had some new releases from the folks over at uh, Modiphius for the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms so there's a whole bunch of stuff uh, coming up for their new wave of releases starting with the addition of the Elder Scrolls Online Cinematic Heroes so if you have watched the cinematics for that massively multiplayer online RPG or MMORPG uh, then you can now uh, add the Nord, the Breton and the High Elf into your games Um, now obviously the Elder Scores Online happens many, many years before the events of Skyrim, but that doesn't mean that you can't use them in your games as awesome characters, uh, maybe even as your own Doverkeen, if you wanted to. Um, In addition to the Nord, the Breton and the High Off, you've also got Manny Marco, uh, which sounds like an amazing name, who is the the villain that they're facing down in those cinematics as well. Uh, In addition to that, there's also loads of new stuff for the Steam and uh, Shadows expansion for the elder scrolls so you've got the council of the dark brotherhood uh, the quest line that pretty much everybody does at some point in skyrim <laughs> no if uh, you commit murder they'll just wake you up and go yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you can go and hang out with astrid uh, or you can also roll in some dark brotherhood aspirants as well so if you wanted to take down the dark brotherhood then you could face these um fellows in the streets and uh, countrysides around Skyrim. Um, this is all coming, as I said, as part as the Steam and Shadows expansion for the Elder Scrolls Online, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, Elder Scrolls Call to Arms, uh, which will allow you to play as all of the stuff from the Dark Brotherhood, in addition to all of the um, Dwemer stuff that we looked at, I think it was two weeks ago, or maybe last week. Um, you've also got these Flame Atronachs as well. So if you wanted to summon some demons into battle as a mage, then you can do that, or indeed just face them down in the dungeon as well. All of the information for all of the stuff you see here is gonna be included in a new card pack that can be picked up as part of a bundle or separately, if you wish, that will have all of the stats for using them as characters and villains and all the different scenarios and everything as well. Um, So if you are diving into the Oscars Call to Arms, which is a solo cooperative and competitive game, uh, then you've got lots of things to look forward to and everything you need is effectively in these new bundles. So yeah, cool stuff
3: there.
0: Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And moving away from the world of fantasy and into the world of hot two-gun action the Pew, wild, 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 wild west
1: yeah uh, so we got some news last week that great escape games uh, are working on their first big multi-part plastic kit which will allow you to make 10 gunfighters for use in your wild west games on the tabletop um, so this will allow you to make lawmen outlaws a uh, mix of desperados cowboys however you want to go uh, and they've got a whole bunch of awesome uh, options on the sprues for you to check out loads of nice weapons in there so you've got your traditional uh, revolvers six shooters and that kind of thing you've also Got your uh, rifles and the ever lovable shotgun is in there as well. Because if you're doing a Wild West game, you need a shotgun at some point and you need to give it to a preacher because the preacher's got to lay down the law with that. <laughs> so, yeah, can be, or you can give it to the gambler, or you give it to the gambler. Yes, uh, um, <laughs> give, give I'm, I'm just seeing the, 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 the bundle
2: of dynamite there, and it's just like never leave home without it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, even so. things even things to dress the base like the cattle skull and yeah, the yeah cacti, that's right um is great i I'm love not... the fact that they have the shotgun available that you can have the breech open mm-hmm.
3: so i was for gun. a second looking at the tiny cacti at the bottom and i was like why would they need a balloon animal oh <laughs>
4: <laughs> my brain oh, didn't go there
0: i'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> even a couple of silver stars there as well for your marshals <laughs> or sheriffs mm-hmm. uh, so Damn. you can dress them up however you want it's a terrific looking set
2: I think so, yeah. A, I, I like of. the arm with the two saddlebags. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's such. That somebody just escaping with uh, whatever loot they've happened to find.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I think
1: uh, with 10 moles in the set as well, that kind of. I would say covers, maybe two people playing the game. Hmm. Um, so if you wanted to dive in and play something like Tombstone, for example, or Dead Man's Hand, which is what the kit's basically made yeah. for from Great Escape Games. And hmm. you can pick this up, two people st- sit there, build your perfect set of outlaws and Lawmen, men or whatever, and uh, get stuck into your games. Um, I think it looks really cool and good for new players um, who don't want to fiddle around with metal and all that kind of stuff as well.
0: So yeah.
2: This would also be perfect for the old uh, Warhammer historical one. Yeah, uh, Legends, Legends of, the of the Old West. West. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, Love it's that game. <laughs> interesting to see the
2: yeah.
0: I suppose a departure uh for Grid Escape and going for the Plastics. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I suppose yeah. it, the obviously it's their flagship sort of property. They want to get people playing it. Hopefully this does well for them and if they uh if they see the sales from this then we may see other plastic kits down the line mm. which will be interesting.
1: Well, they do do Chicago way, and I would love to mm. see a plastic set of um, gangsters and, and cops. I think that would be really cool. Uh, mm. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> we shall see. We shall Definitely. See.
3: Yeah. From the Wild West onto the Wild Seas um, oh. every month. See what I did there? See what I did? I tried my <coughs> like first it. transition. Like did it. I do okay? Oh, <laughs>
0: <crap>. <laughs> people won't even have noticed that. That was
4: seamless. <laughs>
3: Um, Every month for Cradle Studios have got two important dates. So the pre-order date and then the time that you can actually get your hands on it. So Mm -hmm. this month, there's been lots of pre-orders, including two for Dystopian Wars ready to see the release at the end of this May. So including a brand new battle fleet for the Commonwealth faction and a new set of frontline squadrons for the Celestian Empire. So the Mazaysky battle fleet is the first to prepare its head into the high seas of naval warfare containing the Mazaysky pre-carrier. Two Katangi class carriers, a Stolatov class. I'm really trying Russian mm-hmm. here, guys. I'm really trying. Don't oh, no. You, <laughs> you go, go girls, because we're not trying. A Krana plant and oh. your SRS token. So, the best yeah. thing about these battle fleets is they contain two options for the cruiser as well. So, in this instance, you can either build the Morozko or the Provada class, which will provide you with just some more customization for your fleet. So, this is not the first to release the Common Morph as well as the Bordino class battleship. The Kustov-class carriers and the alternate, then alternate builds mm-hmm. and the Ruit class frigates, which can be found in the Humphrey Prometheus 2 player starter set. So second lot of Commonwealth frontline squadrons um, as well, which are ideal to bolster up those Commonwealth fleets. For those who are playing with the Commonwealth, you have got a choice to play with when you're building your fleet. And dare <laughs> I say, a wealth of options. And as well as that this month, you had some squadron boxes coming out as well for the Empire. So if you are looking to bolster up your fleets there, um, make your empires a bit more chunky, then you have certainly got your way forward for this one. Mm.
2: I've I've actually built the the core starter set for this. Yeah. Really fun kits to put together. I really enjoyed them. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. And I, Very nice. I love the the modularity that's on the cruisers every time I see a set. Mm.
3: I just love the distinctive difference between each individual faction. It is mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating to see how different. When somebody says naval warfare for me, it's I imagine ships. But when mm. I see ships with every character embedded each <laughs> different well, I mean, like, faction, yeah, yeah. it blows my mind. Your
2: new cruisers here, they look like they have massive drill bits on the front. Yeah. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But as well as that, we've got aircraft as well. This yeah, that's, that's how you hammer somebody really? below the
0: waterline. But the aircraft, the aircraft as well. Yeah. They have a very, um, I, I suppose, modern feel to them while at the same time still having that uh, riveted aesthetic yeah. of the, the ironclads. That steampunky thing. Going yeah. yeah. Mm. It looks like they've got, like, jet engines on them.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, could be. Or all could of the bombs.
4: All, <laughs> of the, all, all of the, of the, could the could
0: torpedoes. All the Who knows? They are... A, ridiculously terrific looking thing but like you say that but the difference between that faction and then the empire is is like night and day because you you can see that just in the glazed green tiles and a couple of big barking dogs up front
3: yeah the thing is is these are where these have been out for a month now the um the empire battlefleet set uh, seeing them painted up now It's just, I love the colour scheme that people are going with as well, because as you said, you've got the colours, you've got the jades, you've got the reds, and you are really seeing the character with the paint on as well. So, fantastic.
0: Superb stuff. So, we have one final piece of news this week then, Ben.
1: We do, yes. Um, So, there's a little bit of a look ahead to what's happening with Oathmark uh, from the guys at Northstar, Mitch Figures. And Osprey. So uh, those people who picked up the latest expansion, I guess it would be, for mm-hmm. Oathmark will have found rules for playing um, undead forces uh, namely Skeletal Warriors and Deadly Revenants. Um, the Skeletal Warriors came out uh, as a box set not too long ago. Mm-hmm. But the Revenants are now coming out. It's been uh, established in early June. So if you want to check these out, uh, then they are coming very, very soon indeed. Really like these. Um, I love the theme of the Revenants as kind of almost like the Draugr aesthetic. Yeah. And it's, it's very much a nice way of playing, well, using Undead in your armies without it being like a cunning old necromancer that's done it. These are very much kind of like the buried heroes that have been risen from the dead to fight alongside your army. Maybe even the army of the dead that has sworn allegiance to a lost king who has now returned to fight once more for his kingdom of Gondor.
4: (laughs) It's it's an excellent
0: way to do it. I mean, the whole whole thing about Oathmark is you can blend whatever you want. It's not straight evil. Mm. It can be good. And with Oathbreakers, the idea that... uh, some people have been slaved after death to pay off mm. their their uh yeah. oaths is very much a thing i i love the the bronze celtic look to them yes as well because cool. they they have that yeah. um distinctly different and old school feel so you can see them stumbling forth out of a barrow with a whole host of weapons whether it's some sort of massive bronze axe or uh, a big leaf sword they do look terrific but the undead are not the only thing coming we also have cavalry,
1: yes. so in addition to the undead, I'd muted myself out of uh, out of relief. But yeah, so uh, we also have uh, some new stuff coming up anyway in plastic form for the humans in it, also in metal as well. So uh, the human cavalry are going to be charging onto the tabletop and there's lots of different options for you to play around with there. You're going to have uh, sort of plastic horses and then your mounted um, plastic riders who can be armed with bows or spears or hand weapons like um, swords and axes and all kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. They're also going to be doing, as you saw above in that picture that we just saw, some metal figures that will go on top of the plastic horses that you could use
0: as characters and, and leaders and stuff if you wanted to as well, which is nice. Heroes um, and champions. It's really nice I set can't... as well. I believe, I could be wrong, but I think it's um, three horses to a sprue. So I don't know if they've said if it's 12 or 15 yet, but it, it is, looks like it might be 15.
1: It is 15 uh, cavalry to a box, which is pretty interesting because uh, as you say, most of the time it's like 10 or 12. Mm. Um, so it's nice to have that little bit of extra,
0: um, uh, an extra bonus uh, models in there to, to play around with. Yeah. Um, it also means you can um, you can subdivide your box then, which is a nice thing about yes. it. So you can have yeah. five lights cavalry with uh, bows and then two ranks of actual sort of spear arm cavalry to go in and do mm-hmm. the charge. So yeah. you you have options and options exactly. are always good. Yeah. I will say that the, the shields. Now you see,
1: I, I don't mind them in so much as that I think they work with that kind of Tolkien-esque gondorian thing going on yeah. not sure they work for you know my favoured Rohirrim yeah. uh because i would definitely replace all those with round shields because that's just the way it is right it's just how it's um, going be, yeah.
4: yeah
1: but you I, could uh, yeah. you could easily do some very middle earthy armies with these you bosses. could
0: so. i think obviously they match into the infantry that they've made yes which is yeah, one yeah. of the reasons why they have the, the rectangular shield yeah. but just using it from horseback would seem like it would be tricky i just yes. take a big i would just take clippers and scallop out a bit at the end mm-hmm. even just cutting a kiter or teardrop and away you go mm-hmm. it would still have the the same look mm-hmm. without uh accidentally repeatedly stabbing your horse in the neck which i hear mm-hmm. is bad for
4: horses
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah possibly Mm-hmm. i think they'll
0: uh, enjoy it now no. just to
1: round things off as well when it comes to um Oathmark, uh, it was reported on our site not too long ago but there is going to be a new book coming out in june which is mm-hmm. called bane of kings which will introduce a whole bunch of new scenarios and also rules for making up um, big shield walls on the tabletop as well so if you want to go full-on dwarf and build a big badass shield wall to hide behind and you'll find options for doing that as well. There will be other stuff in there on top of just
0: shield walls. Don't worry. Um, there will yeah. be non-dwarf things. In yes. The
3: <laughs> I think the question is, do you want to go full on dwarf, Ben? Ben
0: will always go full dwarf. (laughs) Uh, Many, many years ago, he went that way. Yeah, That's an outstanding selection of news for this week. There's a lot more on the site if people want to go and have a browse around and see the things that we weren't able to cover because we can't cover it all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're going to leave you with a quick chat I had with Tony from UK Games Expo. And then after that, we'll be back with
2: some Kickstarters. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our Prize Claim Centre over at OnTabletop.com, here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30
4: days.
0: Hello everybody, today I'm joined by Tony, one of the driving forces behind UK Games Expo, and he's here with a big announcement for the weekend. So Tony, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show.
5: No, 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 it's great to see you guys again. and. Uh... I'm not sure if I feel comfortable being the driving force. I don't think I've
0: got a licence for that. It's always better to be in the driving seat. That's how I find things anyway. Even if you've got your eyes closed. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's it's definitely one way of careering through the past year we've had. I think it's probably best to keep your eyes closed. But we are here with happy news for people, uh, because after all the trials and tribulations of the last year, uh, you have a big announcement for today, and that is...
5: Uh, Well, UK Games Expo will be running a live show at the end of July. So uh, we can say for definite that we will be running uh, bar some utter catastrophe, Mm -hmm. but everything is now pushing towards that. And we're pleased to announce that uh, we will be running the show and tickets will be going live on uh, this Friday, the 7th um, Mm -hmm. at 6pm.
0: So by the time you kids are watching this at home, they're already up, so i pause the video here, run off, book your ticket, come back, see what you've booked for.
5: Yes, hopefully to the, to, the, to the correct website as well.
0: Oh don't worry we'll, we'll put it in the doobly doo below. <laughs> uh, so obviously it's not going to be the UK games Expos we've seen in previous years. You've had to take some uh, limiting sort of factors into account uh so what sort of things will people expect to see from from ukge 2021
5: well i think the first thing and the the key thing and the thing that everybody will be shouting at their computer at at the moment is what about covid um is it going to be safe and um i genuinely believe with what we've put in place that. um halls two and three of the NEC on the weekend of the expo is probably going to be one of the safest places in the UK. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can say that because we're going to require everybody who comes to the show to have a lateral flow test at a local test centre. So that means if you're an exhibitor, um, the NEC staff are already doing that. Our staff and volunteers will be required to do it. And every attendee will be required to have a lateral flow test at a local test center. Mm -hmm. can't do the ones at home because they don't have your name on it. And then when you come to the NEC, you'll be able to show that result and uh, some form of ID um, so we can match them up. And then you'll be able to collect your tickets and wristbands. Mm-hmm. And so we've started this campaign playing with confidence because we want people to know we're not just running the show and hoping things, you know, as I said, when we started driving blind, Sure. we've spent a lot of time going through this, thinking it through. Um, and we've held off on any announcement until we could see both the record lows of COVID infections mm-hmm. Um the massive um, vaccination programme, which has just, you know, been fantastic. Um, all of the signs towards June the 21st um, and that last lockdown announcement and the announcement about large events mm-hmm. um, means that we can, with confidence now, say that we can run a safe live show. So this will be one of the few places in the country that when you turn up, you know that everybody's had a negative COVID test in the last 24 hours. So that's our first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our second thing is we've got confidence in the venue. The NEC has done a lot of work um, over this last year. There have been times, I in October, when they could have launched, and then we had the second wave, and, um, but they prepped for that. So they've, in, in, they've installed hospital-grade filters into the halls. So um, you know the the air in there is going to be safe, and they're not small halls anyway. These are not yeah. you know these are not confined rooms. They you know they almost qualify as outside. Um, they put many many hundreds of sanitizing stations all over the place, and they have specialist cleaning teams that were going to pay specific attention to those high traffic areas. Bearing in mind everybody in there's had a negative COVID test, yeah. So, you know, it, it is belt and braces with this. So, in addition to that, we've got confidence in our procedures, in UK Games Expo procedures. We've widened the aisles to four metres, which just allows for extra space. Yeah? Yep. Um, We will, of course, be adhering to Public Health England's rules, uh, both because we'd get arrested if we didn't. <laughs> and, you know, while I'm not, you know... Adverse to the odd free meal at Her Majesty's pleasure. Um, We're going to try and avoid that. Yeah. But we will have, at the moment, reduced capacity. So not only are the aisles wider, we'll almost certainly not be running at full capacity. Mm -hmm. So that will, again, add some extra space. So whatever Public Health England say we've got to do on that weekend, we will do that. Sure. Yeah. All staff and volunteers, and I think people who, who know Expo, who've volunteered before now, know that we do train our staff and they will be receiving updated training on the procedures we've got, what we're expecting, and, and how to operate uh, to make a, a safe show. And then, you know, all of that stacked together, low COVID levels, high vaccination rates, lateral flow tests, Larger aisles, um, cleaning stations, sanitizing stations. To be perfectly honest, you would be lucky if you catch anything. <laughs> I mean, we, we all know with we, we conferences and conventions, you, have the, you, you always wonder if you're going to catch something, get yeah, a bit of a cold.
0: You get it. home when you have a cold or a bit of a flu yeah. because you're
5: going to be catching anything at this, this show. Um, the only thing you can be catching is a good time. And um, all of that gives us confidence now to release tickets. However, We're not going to release just general have as many tickets as Mm -hmm. you like. Um, We're working on the basis of what we know Public Health England's baseline is for a convention of our size. So that means we're going to be releasing 4,000 tickets a day at this present time, Mm -hmm. which is about 23% of that hall's capacity. Yeah? Yeah? So if we ran at that, and we would run at that, so just let me make it clear, if, you know, if, you know, we, we will run at that level, you'd be lucky if you saw somebody else, there'd be that, there'd be that,
0: that, that you, spread out. Uh,
5: yes. Yeah. You know, 4,000 people sounds a lot, but remember, we're talking 20,000 plus square meters of fall.
4: Hmm.
5: Um, however, we are fully convinced that that capacity will go up. Um, that's the absolute minimum. That's what they were recommending in October.
0: Okay.
5: And if you think of where we are now compared to where we were in October, yeah, yeah. you can see that as the it. events research programme reports back, we're going to see an increased capacity. But we're going to release those first 4,000 tickets minus the people who rolled over. So we think there's probably going to be about 3,000 tickets a day available to buy
4: mm-hmm.
5: on Friday at 6 p.m. So if you definitely want a ticket, I would get in while the getting's good. Sure. But I'm convinced that we're going to see releases of, of more tickets as we get closer.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the moment, um, Public Health England are running a lot of trials around various cities with uh, all sorts of events, gigs, yeah. concerts, and, and things to see exactly what they can do and, and the best way to run things. So,
5: we we are tapped into yeah. the, the back end of that where they're reporting and um, with various industry bodies that – so, you know – we're not just getting the news headlines. We're, we're getting the sort of the background information and that's feeding back through to all the large venues mm. who are talking with us. So um, the NEC are where we're announcing today. We told them that and they said, yeah, they thought it was, uh, that was a reasonable way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, so we, we may find as we've, we've noticed um, all of the testing they've done is with lateral flow testing. Sure. So we have a lateral flow test and then, They've done various levels of social distancing. So we may find by the time we get to July 31st, which remember is three months away still. Yeah. So there's, a, you know, there's time for, for levels to drop even further, vaccines to go up even further. Um, by, that, by that three months, we, I think we will see a change in, in, in the advice. And it may well be, they say to us, well, you don't need social distancing mm-hmm. at a major event. However, we'll keep the four-metre aisles in. We'll keep that spacing in. If for no other reason, the Expo isn't a speedboat, it doesn't turn on a 6 Yeah,
4: It's
5: more like an oil tanker, and we know how stuck they can
0: get. Well, yeah, very much so.
5: <laughs> so we, we, we go so. on a Suez Canal instead where we try and turn the boat where there's no roof. So there are certain things which we're just putting in place and um, we'll be... You know, we'll stick with them even mm-hmm. if the government come back and say, you know, oh, you don't need those things. Um, you know, just from a planning perspective and a safety perspective, we may as well keep some of those things in place.
0: Yeah. So at the moment, everything is set up and ready to go based on current advice, and then it can be revisited over the next three months, depending on how things change. And I see yeah. you've uh, you've signed up to the industry standard for uh, tourism UK there with the yes, uh, the good to go good to go scheme so uh all the all the boxes correctly ticked and checked so for people out there you've got uh the tickets are now on sale from friday the 30th to sunday the 1st of august if you fancy actually getting back out and seeing real people in event in an event and playing some games uh then this is probably going to be the way the rest of the year is going for everyone so the games expo is definitely one to uh to jump on board with it's been so long since we've had a convention together uh and i'm desperate to actually get back out there and see people in the wild once more
5: oh yeah i mean look we're, we're very keen to get back together um to see you guys and to, i mean there are some things we we've changed so uh bring and by won't run this year so before you load your wheelbarrows of stuff up that was one of those things we thought Well, it's like a rugby scrum in there. Everybody bringing their boxes from home. This is probably not the year to run that. But if you're interested, you can go onto the website and each section of the show at the top of its page has got a good to go box. And that will explain to you. So if you go here, if you go to what's on and you go to open go, and if you go into what's on and go to open gaming, I don't know what you've clicked on. There we go, open gaming. You see you get this green box at the top. Mm -hmm. So if you look already, plans for the hall maps allow for increased spacing between tables to allow people to pass. So at the moment, we've spaced the tables out in open gaming so that there's a lot more space, over two metres between them. So this will explain, is this section of the show running? And if it is, what alterations do we feel we needed to make uh, to make it safer and you know, operate under Church. current conditions. So these will update as we go along to make sure that all the way through, we're complying with the best advice that we're being given from Public Health England, from the NEC, from our own experience, because we want to have a great convention, we want to have a safe convention, and we think both of those things are entirely possible now probably for the first time in a, in 18 months, where we've, we've planned this convention now, I think six or seven times. And uh, Richard literally is sitting under a pile of maps. Um, Each one, um, you know, for the different variations we thought we would have. And I'm, I'm, I'm very convinced now that we can run a show in July. It will be safe. It will probably be one of the safest places in England on that weekend. The sun will be shining because as we know, the sun always shines on Expo. That's weekend, true. Because if nothing else, just to make us all hot. Uh, I mean, one of the great things about Expo is as, as families have come to it, we've seen that that grow in it to be a, a real family event. And uh, there will be a family zone again this year. Um, we are maintaining the ticket prices from, What was it, two years ago, nearly now? Mm -hmm. So, we've not increased those prices. um, And there are all sorts of details that I haven't gone into here. And people may have lots and lots of questions, and we will start to filter those details onto the website. To give you an idea, on a standard expo, we have a master plan, which covers everything we're doing. And that can be 90 to 100 pages of Close type text, um, so really dull to read, um, and all of the detail we'll do. In other words, we we won't use landyards this year. We'll use wristbands. How mm. will we use multi-day wristbands? Uh, all of that detail, yeah, will slowly filter onto the website into the to the relevant sections. So we just wanted to get that broad message out that we're confident to play. We're confident to run a expo this year and we want you guys to be confident to come and enjoy it um we've had a long time of really difficult
4: painful um depressing um pandemic yeah and you it, know some people, people out
5: there, some people out there have you know have, have had it really really yeah. tough and we get that um and it's made a lot of people fearful and with good reason so we you know we 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 understand that this is the chance to go you know what there is a bit there is a chance for normality there is a chance for some of that life back yeah and it just so happens we have to be scheduled into the front end of that so somebody's got to go first
0: so. so so why not you then
5: why not us? We're, we're happy to jump out the aeroplane, as it were.
0: That's what we would like to hear. Well, folks, if you've any further questions, feel free to drop them below and we'll pass them across uh, to the, the guys and gals at UK Games Expo. Otherwise, keep an eye on the website where all the details will be updated as and when uh, it gets uh, so concreted in, I suppose. So until next time, Tony, hopefully yeah, well, we shall be seeing each other thing? in person. Yes.
5: Um, we will be running a Twitch stream on Wednesday. Okay. Um, if you look on the website, there'll be a link for that, which again is an opportunity for you—you know—to come and ask some questions if you've got them. Um, so that that will be a sort of live question and answer um, stream on Twitch. So so again, you know, you you may have some questions. We may say to you, look, we're going to have to wait to give you the answer to that. Yeah. Or we may have it to hand and, and we'll we want to be as open as and transparent as ever with these things and remember our standard terms and conditions apply if you buy a ticket and you want to refund the answer is yes fantastic
0: well we're going to move on folks until next time tony bye-bye okay folks so there you are good news at last games and gaming conventions are finally returning
1: yeah. well the main thing to take away from uh, what we talked about with tony is that they've mm. done a lot of stuff to make sure
2: that it's th- yeah, basically safe for everybody, yes. which is good. It's, it's the one um, thing those guys so, yeah. know they're doing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's good to see that the NEC is also taking extra precautions yeah. as
1: well. Uh, the other thing to note as well is that um, there's some uh, links that were mentioned probably in the interview, and we've got them on the site as well. So there's this play with confidence, hashtag play with confidence. <laughs> uh, and if you follow that through and you can see it on our Uh, Website as well in the new story put out this week that there is uh, all the steps that they're going through for both attendees and also the staff that are there as well uh, to make sure that it's safe as it can be. Uh, And uh, yeah, Yeah. I I cannot wait to play games.
3: (laughs) Can't wait to play games with people. I don't have to do solo games anymore.
0: Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So we're not actually going to delve into the world of 3D. This week, don't worry, we'll be back next week, and mm-hmm. we have a
2: doozy for you. So, what we've got: three D printing, constipation. Mm, <laughs> I think
3: however, so, yeah.
4: however it's not ready
3: yet
0: because because we spoil you. Uh, I got a chance to sit down with a digital artist um, and talk about three D design and printing in the industry. And Hector has worked on some stonkingly big kickstarters and projects uh from the likes of kingdom death uh all the way through to street fighter and he's mm-hmm. currently getting ready for mortal kombat oh, game oh, as well oh, oh. so if you're interested you can go across and check out that interview uh it was a tightly scripted half hour actually it was more like an, an hour and a quarter um uh, <laughs> uh, I, of- I opened, I opened
2: <laughs> this up to and it was
0: like eh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, they they let me talk to people i will talk to people that is how it goes fascinating stuff uh hector is very very interesting um he does have his own little patron as well which we talk about and have a wee nosy around on the on the site in the interview which is worth exploring anyway so in lieu of a 3d printing this week i thought we'd give you that instead Definitely go and check it out. Really cool stuff.
2: I will say he's one of the the folks, he worked on one of my absolute favourite miniatures, which is the Twilight Knight from Kingdom Death. Mm. Gorgeous, gorgeous piece. Twinklet Knight. Like twilight Twiglet
4: Twiglet
0: Twilight you know it's they, have said it's a, they yeah. come out as
2: a holiday special yeah. they have said it's a Marmite's
3: Gold oh, I like
4: it that's, that's, you know.
3: it's just another reason it's not just his voice for I need an audio book it's words like Twilight to Twiglet that will Twiglet. just improve the book yeah. so much
0: more I, I have my own lexicon people need to apply together <laughs> it's available on my own paper if you want to know what I'm talking about it's week to week
2: the <laughs> book of Gem if Jerry. <laughs> Jerry was to do an audiobook, what book would you want him to read? I want I want Jerry to read me The Hobbit. I think
4: yeah, it. I'd check that. that.
0: I I've already done Stardust for a friend. Oh wow. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Leaning into the Neil Gaimanism <laughs> yeah. of it all. So so you, you, can, you could read me the old Norse mythology books. Uh, you could. You that could. that would require me taking them out. But anyway, <laughs> apart from talking to Hector. Hector is also in the community and I believe he's even responded um, he has, below he has. that little video. He's very keen uh, on sharing his uh, 3D digital sculpting skills, there we mm. go, um, to the wider community. So if people are interested or getting into it or even play it, by with it at the moment and you have any questions for Hector, mm-hmm. feel free to ask away. Um, If there's anything more in depth, feel free to ask as well, because he has said he is not adverse to coming back and having another chat with me in the future. So potentially it could be a a semi-regular thing from Hector as much as Mm -hmm. I can bother him when he's... uh, when he's not working, uh, <laughs> we, we will do this thing. When
1: he when he's furiously sculpting Mortal Kombat characters for Angry Joe, <laughs> yeah.
0: well we do there's a couple. I don't know how much has actually been previewed in the wider world because when we not recorded, much yeah. when we recorded that he was thinking that it may have gone live um, this week. Actually, I think the initial idea was it would go live mm-hmm. on Tuesday this week. So we we have a look at a couple of the Mortal Kombat characters in that do interview, you, yeah.
4: well, you, you may you, or may, you may not have
0: seen before. Then, yeah, well. I'm going to go out and let and say not much has been seen, so no. almost <laughs> undoubtedly haven't seen those before. And we also uh, debate the fact that if they hit big, I want uh, Johnny Cage, not Punching Goro, as a massive, massive, that scene from the old
2: movie.
0: Uh, I think that's yeah. fair. This yeah. is where you fall down, and uh, who knows we may or may not see that. But
2: uh, I'm going to have to go rewatch that now. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I will, even though I know I shouldn't. Yeah, it's it's not worth your while. No, the second one is worse, though.
0: Moving away from (laughs) the realms of the digital and into the realms of the digital, (laughs) we have our Kickstarters. And first off this week is some dungeons and lasers third edition ben Mm,
1: yeah so um archon studios are back on kickstarter with dungeons and lasers third edition which is also subtitled woodhaven um so a lot of people will know we have played around with the dungeons and lasers terrain in the past Highly module (laughs) module. I've got my own dictionary on Patreon. uh, um, (laughs) um, uh, It can be used to make dungeons and all sorts of different things. We've used it to make uh, huge terrain pieces for 40k. We've made a hero quest board as well using all these pieces, and it was really, really
2: awesome. Are they
1: doing water? So, yes, the newest campaign goes to Woodhaven. And now you can use all their modular plastic terrain to make not just the city streets, not just the taverns and the houses and the shops, but also the sewers that sit underneath the city. Nice. So you can do everything on those three layers if you wanted to to play your games. In, the, in addition to it comes with coming with all the tiles and the walls and all that kind of thing as well. You also get all of the accessories and stuff that you can see here, depending on which bundles you pick up of course, uh, that'll allow you to make a very awesome looking dungeon scape for your heroes to run around in. As I say, a lot of this is modular, so you can mm-hmm. paint it up as individual pieces and then put it together whenever you like in different formations. You could even you could just glue it all together if you wanted to and just make a big, huge, solid piece of terrain. You can even put things on top of each other, as you saw in that video in the video there. So you could have actually the city streets and then the sewer underneath it. And as a oh, DM, you could so be the old. best person ever because you could be like, "Okay, we're going to walk through the city, the city streets," and they'd be like, "Oh, I wonder what's down that that staircase? Lift off the top." Here's the sewer underneath. Oh, that is pretty cool, isn't it? Very cool indeed. Um it's In very, addition. Sorry, yeah. Go Sorry, ahead. I
0: was just gonna say the the um feel and flavour of it with the especially the city guard there is a very discworld-esque.
1: Yes, it does have that quality to it a little bit actually, yeah. Um In addition to the the terrain and the tiles and all the things you see there, they're also going to be doing a set of, I think it was at least 60 miniatures Mm. uh, as part of an initial bundle, but that has probably expanded since the Kickstarter began. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've got all of the NPCs that Jerry was talking about there. So you're going to have your your guards, your tavern owners, your shop owners, a couple of interesting heroes and NPCs that you might bump into along the way, maybe a few villains as well. Um, In addition to all of the (laughs) terrain from this one, so all the buildings and the modular roofs and everything like that. You're also going to have to pick up all the stuff from last edition's Kickstarter. Brilliant. So if you want to pick up all the dungeon stuff, all the uh, cathedrals, or the dwarven mine, and oh, there you go, perfect, uh, then you can get all of those things added into your pledge on top of it as well. Uh, so there is pretty much anything you could ever really want for a yeah. dungeon delve at the moment, I think. I, um, I really want to build like a frost grave table out of this. I th- I think like a labyrinthine or la- labyrinthine uh sort of frost grave table would be absolutely amazing with lots of twisting passageways and you put like card or black paper or something on top of it so that you unveil it as you
0: go like a dungeon Ooh. as you're skirmishing through. I think that'd, that'd be, be great really for
3: the um black stuff we saw the other week on yes oh, the,
0: the infrared Blackest mm. cloth in the world ever. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Reveal.
0: All of these I mean, figures you, are going to be hard plastic as well, aren't they?
1: Yes, hard plastic, and in, I think, pretty much every case, they're going to be single piece as well. So, nice.
2: no, just, just wash them together, ready to go. Rat
3: cloak. Cool. Like.
2: So, yeah. There are some amazing, amazing characters mixed in.
3: There so. really are.
2: Uh, I will also say that uh,
1: you've got all the dungeon tiles, you've got the miniatures that are coming as part of the Townsfolk set. Um, you will have also spied some fairly massive monsters, some dragons in there as well. Yeah. Um, so I think there's like five or six dragons for you to choose from. A couple of them that are new, uh, a couple of them are that are older ones. So you've got like a big, huge Xenomorph-style dragon. If you want to play around with it, here are yes. the dragons. The bows
2: have strings Jerry. <laughs> that make do, you happy. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, so these dragons, uh, they are not um single piece. You will have to uh, put these together. <laughs> um but yeah very awesome looking um uh, miniatures there as you can see that can be used in all your games towering above everything else on the tabletop causing all sorts of havoc mm-hmm. um I am particularly uh, I particularly like I think it's Freya which is one of the ones or above yeah, the ice uh, one. with, with the sort of crackling energy oh, coming from oh, off the side. Yeah, really cool. cool. And also, I think it's the last dragon in this set, if we scroll down a little bit, Jerry. Uh, there's one which is like a, Here we go, Oregon, which is sort of like a mm. more Far Eastern inspired dragon, which I think is just fantastic.
0: Uh, it's quite nice because it's rare to get a, a nice, um, I was going to call it a celestial dragon. Mm. don't know where that's come from but anyway yes an eastern style dragon
1: titan to do a celestial dragon that's probably yep, where, yep, that where, it, maybe where it's buried
0: in the back of my mind from but yeah because that um the sort of whiskered dog face look to it's yes. very distinctive but so, often whenever you see them they just don't hold up mm. whereas that looks absolutely terrific yeah um and as i say
1: if you're interested in uh this terrain you can go back and check out our video uh where we there you go
4: <laughs> oh, we built, it, we built a dungeon be. in a
1: day. So, that we did a couple of videos where we put together the ones like that. Uh, where we just did some really nice work with contrast paints and sprays and that kind of thing. And then we also did our Hero Quest board as well. But um, I will put links down below if mm-hmm. you want to go and check those out. The Hero Quest <laughs> board, one in particular, is very nice and should get all you grognards happy. So, that's yeah. uh, all good.
0: <laughs> it's um, an extensive Kickstarter, yes, absolutely say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, this is only like three-quarters of the way down the page. (laughs) Uh, And they're smashing through stretch goals like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know if... um, I don't know. Oh, they are. They're doing the starter sets. So you can just get the miniatures if you don't have the do yeah, Or you can just grab all the
2: dragons. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Seven dagrons of your choice. (laughs) <laughs> excluding Schmargral I
3: was just thinking how I would even say that, that
0: <laughs> I wouldn't i find it best not to I'd say that <laughs> the, the, uh, the figures look terrific mm. I don't know if they will be one piece
1: uh, Yeah, I, as we were looking through this I was wondering actually I think maybe some of them mm. do have like a multi-part quality to them yeah. uh, in, in which case yes well, you I, can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments down below so. I oh,
0: built a know. set of the hard plastic miniatures they made for Wolfenstein oh right uh, yes. the heroes come on a hard plastic sprue and they all Gosh. come with the texture bases and they're well say snap fit they're almost snap fit some of them required a bit of glue right uh, in certain places but that might be the um, case then yeah but so yeah. it may be that they're multi-part
2: but not multi yeah uh, but they I'll do leave. they do go together absolutely beautifully yeah, Although you have passed one of my favourite sets to do which is the Animal Companions.
3: Oh, I know. I did eye those up. I saw a little uh, fox with a knife earlier on when we were...
2: Like, oh, fox with a knife. I, we, we <laughs> had these... those in for unboxing and they're just so fabulous. These urban foxes are getting feral,
4: aren't they? They'll <laughs> 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 shank you. Fox, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gary
2: the Peacebreaker. A, a duck on an axe. Huh?
0: Yeah. Definitely a a not
4: a peaceful. duck with an axe. It's yeah. a
2: ridiculous. Something's, anyway. Something suspicious going on there.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, very much so. So there, there we are. We currently have not unlocked the sewer story, or love is in the air, not with an air elemental, mm. uh, and Pepe the giant is still to come as well. <laughs> I imagine, uh, with the way things are going, mm-hmm. they're already. 10 times i'll give everybody motion sickness here's like right to the top <laughs> yeah they're already t- over 10 times their uh expected yeah, yeah. sort of pledge level and still accelerating so with 12 yeah. days left to go mm-hmm. uh, you know the sky's the limit i, I think we'll so. probably hit pepe the giant <laughs> surprised if we didn't yeah.
3: yeah yeah and who knows might get the gross dragon
1: Mm. Yes. Ghost oh, dragon. That does look very cool. He could also be a gross
2: and ghost dragon. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or they I'll could just you. do a gross dragon, do like a nerdling one. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. there are um, A few not dissimilar to that. Yeah. So, who's up next then?
1: Uh, so next up, we've got something a little bit different. Um, so Dave Taylor, um, who you'll know, has worked with uh, people like Mel, the Terrain Tutor, to bring to, uh, a bunch of books to the, the tabletop for mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people. Um, John's even uh, done some work in the past on him, on army building and that kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave Taylor's now working with a selection of, uh, well, a cabal of artists and also individual artists. I said cabal as if they're uh, like a cult, but <laughs> uh, working together with a bunch of artists to create three volumes called The Art Of, so these are working with, well, the first one of these is from Miniature Monthly and it works with people like Aaron Lovejoy, Elizabeth Beckley, and Matt DiPietro. Um And you've also got two other books with Christoph Keel and Anna, and I'm sorry about this, Polanskak, I think, is the, uh, the pronunciation of her last name. Um, but the idea of these is they're gonna be, inspirational books that look at the artwork of each of these painters or groups of painters and work as um, kind of lookbooks that you can then use for your own armies
3: nice.
1: they're not going to be designed as step by step instruction manuals that you might have seen in the past these are designed to sit alongside maybe the patreon campaigns that each of these uh, different artists do and the videos that they produce to give you almost like a reference guide as you're going and diving into these different um army building projects character painting projects busts and all that kind of thing that you're doing mm-hmm. um, I think this is a really cool idea, Um, there's some really fantastic stuff in there already, I think, uh, from what we've seen uh, from a lot of these people like miniature monthly and stuff so. It'll be very cool to see how this comes together and I could see these being really nice books to not just use as reference, but to have as kind of like your coffee table books. Um, because I I tend to do that with bigger art books, but I'd also mm. like some of these on there as well as so I can flick through and be like, today I want to paint black and learn how to paint black templars. Yeah. Ah, I
2: will find such a page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do believe one of the uh, Hector sculpts in that video. Uh, you or might you might well have done the uh, yeah. purple pinup lady. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, uh, it's really cool that they're um, working on these with with the artists uh, at the moment So say three volumes to begin with much more to come in the future as the uh the series rolls out i do not doubt mm-hmm. uh, and as things are going these look really nice and uh, it'd be nice to dive into them and, and check them out so if you've got a, fa- a favorite artist from the the ones that we mentioned um, just before um then maybe go and check out their individual book or uh, the miniature monthly sort of anthology there and uh, and dive in and, and, and see what it's all about um, i think it's a pretty awesome project personally so mm-hmm. yeah.
0: it's certainly very like, different as well where an an awful lot of times you get art books where they're attempting to show you how to paint that way like uh, angel heraldas has done a few and i tend to use those less for actual techniques and how to paint and more for this style of coffee table book of inspiration Mm. where you flick through and go that's an interesting paint scheme or color scheme that would be interesting on x miniature that i own or a force built to look like this demon would be very nice for the imbeciles and not that's the, standard the Hector, red.
2: That's the Hector one, I believe.
0: There you go. Yeah, that, and uh, I think possibly that pen yeah. up as well.
1: Yeah, uh, I will say, like, I think one of the other things to bear in mind with these books is, as I say, they're not really meant to be like step-by-step tutorials. Yeah. yeah. But they also have there's lots, lots of philosophy based into uh, baked into these, so mm-hmm. it's all a kind that's of like why they paint a certain way, or why this is their approach to a certain color or a scheme or a theme like Grimdark, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, these are very, very interesting, and I am eager to read some, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, Uh, It's it's an excellent set of books, and especially whenever you hit a certain artist, you'll find that um, you can easily identify the work they've done because of the style they have, and it's interesting Mm -hmm. that they go into the philosophy side of it, um, their techniques for painting, because there are certain people... I know uh, in the past, uh, Jakob Nielsen, multiple Golden Demon winner, and you could almost pick his stuff out whenever you walked through <laughs> Golden Demon um, because he had a very distinctive style that was repeated whether he was painting 40k or fantasy or more time or chaos. You know, yeah. it, it didn't matter. You could you could tell it was his work, and likewise, you'll find that with certain artists where they have that sort of. Um, through through line on the the style of painting and so picking up a book like this and going well that's a, an interesting yeah. theme or style that they use yeah um especially john blanche is, is one that comes up an awful lot where people talk about painting in the blanche style
1: yeah you see that a lot in um uh, the indie mag uh 28 28 mag is that what it is yeah yeah, 20, yeah, yeah. inquisitor 28 or ink yeah. 28 where they they talk about the the Blanchitsu style and that kind of thing uh, but yeah very nice inspirational. Um, books to go and check
0: out mm. excellent A a coffee table anywhere well funded and two weeks left to go hmm.
3: the final kickstarter is from me and personally one of my personal favorite novels is frankenstein by mary shelley so if you are into frankenstein by mary shelley this might actually catch your eye so i quite often think about the mistreatment of frankenstein monster and how i would have dealt with a mystery and personally i wouldn't have had any Pitchforks and torches and whatnot. But in this new Kickstarter, <laughs> my fibers work from um, Renegade Studios. You can become part of your own gruesome story of Victorian events where players become the mad scientists to create unethical concoctions, carrying on the work through generations of human experimentation. So you won't be going on this board game alone. Um, You will be competing against other mad scientists. <laughs> so up to four players will be able to compete for the work of their predecessors. And the end goal is pretty simple. So although the journey is a whirlwind of life and death and a whole different level, you're going to want to reap in the Fame and glory have become the world's greatest scientists, all morals and ethics aside. Um, The (laughs) game itself is a whole storytelling experience alone. So with the game, you get story, but with a combination of a companion app as well. I know that, like, Jerry, you're just seething right now over the top of it. Yeah, it
4: is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Companion app.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You're able to work meticulously in growing your origins and each decision you make counts. And you can count on your handy-dandy app to update the events as you do trigger them as well. So as each decision does have a knock on effect, the world of Victorian human experimentation is literally at your oyster. So the replayability factor for this is incredibly high. Um, you and your competitors take on adventures every which way with a plethora of opportunities as well so you make your way through several generations of scientists, so your father to your son to the grandson by taking each part of a monster relay into your own hands by completing goals and objectives to progress you through the game, so foraging for ingredients, uh, for concoctions and mutations and then further into the game you get the more advanced your creations get so although the mad scientist may be pretty intelligent, it is normal for them to die within a lifetime they are not even <laughs> so all of your knowledge will get passed down to the next family member to carry on the hard work to solidify your gothic legacy so You will have to pay attention to the actual attention you're getting from the villagers as well, which I find really interesting. So the pitchforks are being sharpened and the torches are getting ready. So you're going to need to consider the ramifications of your actions to avoid any argument of insanity from the townsfolk as well. So I (laughs) love the map.
0: One body. And
2: everybody gets <laughs> Done. very hard. You know, that, that one night you went grave digging and somebody saw you. Oh, no. Exactly.
3: Oh, no. And then everybody's lighting their picture. Lighting their picture. That's a new one. It's a hybrid weapon. It's that a one. flaming
1: weapon now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, the map I do love the map in this the map is ever growing so the further you progress into the game the more locations that kind of unlock Mm -hmm. so you're filled with new foraging opportunities decisions and stories from like every each corner of the map so the campaign has been funded and it's got six days left at this point Mm. Uh, there's still a few stretch goals to go um, Mm. such as upgrades to components and the miniatures as well yes I did say miniatures maybe I've drawn your attention back Jerry but it seems like quite an adventure to embark on yeah. and it becoming the monster who creates the monsters. so it's a really cool concept
0: i like um, the fact that you're not just all building yeah uh, monsters you you can decide to you know knock out a time machine in your basement <laughs> that type of
3: thing as yeah, he's yeah. a worker placement game it's yeah. not as rep- i find a lot of worker placement games can become quite repetitive but I do find that this one, you've got loads of different stuff to do. And I like the further you go on, the more challenging it gets because more becomes unlocked. And I think that's a really yeah. cool concept for a game.
2: Seems I like am, a really good one. Yeah. I am yeah. seeing one thing that we've maybe missed is the app actually has a continue button. So even if you can't complete your game in a night, there may be a way to save your progress and come back to that's complete the cool. game. Yeah, that is nice. I, I do like that in games. If some of, them, yeah. some of them do take long and sometimes it depends on who you're playing with.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm very much drawn to the aesthetic of this. I think yes. the, the the way that it looks is really nice. Um, I love the Ooh. the art style and the way that that kind of
2: like um, ring bound map book sort of unfolds as well. is really nice. Yeah. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a rule book. This makes me happy. Oh. Well, it's good to have a rule book as part yes. of a
1: Kickstarter project. Uh, I, I can't think of many Kickstarters that have uh, succeeded on, at the moment on the platform without one. No. Mm-hmm. Definitely need one, uh, especially Especially good to see one coming out of Renegade Game Machiners as well, um, Mm -hmm. who are uh, very Mm -hmm. good at doing all these and uh, getting them all ready to go on on the platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting indeed. And I like Mm -hmm. that it's got got that kind of two to four player... Yeah. uh, Well, not limit, but sort of like the the scope for it there. Mm -hmm. So you can just play it as two people, experiencing a little bit more of a
2: story, Mm -hmm. going a little bit more head-to-head, or Mm -hmm. sort of mix things up and go up to three and four players as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I would definitely love to get this one down for a Let's Play.
3: Yeah, for sure it looks really cool and like you said it with the fact that it's two players i think it would be a calmer journey but can you imagine doing that against three other people It would be <laughs> exactly. havoc and it would be quite exciting as well I just i love the fact that you can go through this game and do loads of different things each time
4: mm.
3: and
1: yeah. yeah it's one of the things with board games that i I if, I if i can't see multiple routes towards the final end goal and that victory condition yeah then it kind of dampens the experience of the game for me mm-hmm. so i like that this one as you say i've got all those different ways that you can go in the routes and roads as well so
2: i am wondering if there's much player interaction between each other you know foiling someone else's experiment just mm-hmm. so that you know they're held up a little bit while you're pushing on i would imagine yeah. you get a bit of that especially if it's got a little bit I'd more of a story to... focus on it yeah, but, yeah. yeah definitely it's he's very tempted. oh Melcoins.
4: Oh no!
2: <laughs> that, that's that's always a so... thing for me. So puts metal coins, it again, it just it knocks it up like two levels for me. Yeah.
0: Just saying, they've currently got three scenarios to play through. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if they've any more un unlocked or about to be unlocked before the the thing ends, because this was not going to be going to retail. So if you want it, you only can get it via Kickstarter.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: There you go. I like the fact that there's a web-based
4: app version. Yes. Well, it that
3: means
0: I it's less likely to become defunct. Less. <laughs> I didn't say it won't, but just less likely. That's the that's the problem I have with apps is that they won't hold about forever and eventually somebody will stop updating it. At that point, if it's baked into your game massively, then that game becomes unplayable and that's why I don't like
3: Yeah, apps. I understand. I'm,
0: I'm very if I pick up a game, I want to be able to play it. And Aye. not play it for a finite amount of time before they get bored updating Adobe Flash or whatever it <laughs> happens to be, and then it's just it goes away. So I can <sighs> see if there's
2: another. Well, if if there's a web based one as well, it means that if you're someone who doesn't want to have a tablet or your phone next to the table burning its battery, you can just hook up your laptop and let it run.
4: Yeah,
2: that's very cool. Because I can imagine that would be really annoying. You're almost at the end of the game. Your phone's on two percent power, and it's
0: dead.
4: no. <laughs>
2: it's friendly
0: apparently so that's good because a lot of yeah. people have been hiding those things recently oh. where they're not telling people if they have customs or VAT to pay
4: mm-hmm.
0: no I can't yeah. see anything else there I imagine there must be unless unless that was the end yeah all stretch goals unlocked that you can support <gasps> so, Danny! so they've done Incredible. it so if you want it you've got six days left to get it mm-hmm. uh, and everything's well been done funded, for it, but so. everything is there so there's mm. there's no need to worry that you're going to be missing out on any gameplay experience or that something hasn't been unlocked mm-hmm. it's there in its entirety so a terrific trio of kickstarters yeah very mm-hmm. much. So. well done you, you should be allowed to eat this week. <laughs> <laughs> I only <guess laughs> You have earned your place. <laughs> <laughs> so that's us. The end of another week's worth of gaming and hobby news. If you are interested in trying to win one of those five pairs of books, then don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, share, and send me a fiver in the post. Subscribe. <laughs> yep. Say nothing. Act casual. Um, we will see. Cult of Games members on Sunday for XLBS. So if I do that. There we we go. Cult of Games. Become a cog. Mm -hmm. Um, You can come and join us for that. We'll be sitting down and talking about our hobby and yours as well. If you're not a member of the cult, you can get a 30 day trial for free. Gratis. Cost you nothing. So why not come on over and have a wee tour and see what's going on there. Until Sunday. Enjoy your weekend of gaming.
2: Go ahead and check out our other content on
0: screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong?
4: Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.